and I'm sure none of us wants to miss them. Two powerful events that are coming in your Christian calendar. One is the revival, or you can call it the awakening, when the Spirit will visit the earth in a big way, in an overwhelming way. And we need to catch that wave and to ride on it. And the second one would be the rapture of the church. So it's very important that we as the church, the bride of Christ, that we prepare ourselves. The same way that Esther, even before she was summoned into the king's court, she prepared herself. Over and over and over again, she prepared herself. Preparation is very, very important. Your Christian disposition, your disposition, that means your inclination. Your disposition is very, very important and your preparations in the spirit is vitally important. Amen. Amen. That's the most important that should be in your and my calendar would be the coming revival and the coming rapture. How to be a spirit-filled Christian? How to be a spirit-filled Christian? We need to dig deeper this morning because a lot of times we don't quite understand. We think to be spirit-filled just means to be praying in tongues and to be praying in tongues means to just prepare ourselves, you know, for petitions. So we need to dig deeper in order that we can live it out. Everything that we receive from the word is for us to live out. The word became flesh. So when the word of God comes to you, it's to become your life. And your life must be lived out. Your life must have its living. There is no living if there is no life. And there is no life if you're not living it. A very, very important foundation for Christians is the Trinity. For a long time, I haven't had real understanding of the Trinity. I've heard about it. And uh, I want to share this revelation with you. Go with me to John chapter 14, verse 16 to 17. John 14, 16 to 17. It's important for us, for our lives to be rooted and grounded, to be built upon correct doctrines. We're living in this day when there are so many noises, and there are many noises, a lot of deceptions. And even those that don't mean to deceive, but because they are deceived, so the devil will use them to deceive even Christians. So it's important for us to have the light and walk in the light. And you don't have the light not until you have the word, the revelation of the Holy Spirit, not the human soul. It's a revelation of the Holy Spirit. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is the first verse of the book of Revelation. This is Jesus. He said, I will pray the Father. Highlight I. Who is that I? Jesus. I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter. So in one verse, you have the Trinity. The Father. Jesus. The Holy Spirit. Within one verse, you have the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, 
Jesus and the Father. So the Father is the heart of God. It's the will of God. Jesus is the Lamb, the substitute, the kinsman redeemer. Jesus is the intercessor. He is the substitute. He is the intercessor. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. That's why you can study all you want. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't get the truth. And only the truth can set you free. And the Holy Spirit is the manifestation. The word that has become flesh, become flesh is by the Holy Spirit. So each, each is a being. Every being in the Trinity has its has his individual personality. Every being in the Trinity has his personal personality, has his personal works or ministry. Yet the three always work together. Not only do they work together, they are together. They are together in absolute unity and total success. Absolute unity and total success. That's why in the book of Psalms, that when his people are gathered together in unity, there he commands his blessings. Because that's the Holy Spirit. That's Jesus. That's the Father. And as Christians, we live by the will and the love of the Father. We live by the will and the love of the Father. We live by the word and the works. The answered prayers of Jesus. The word, the works, the prayers of Jesus. We live by the manifested leading and the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. Three in one. Working in your life individually, and as a church, the body of Christ, corporately. It is vital that we know God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, all you have is a religion, a mental ascent. What is a mental ascent? Everything comes out of your mind. Praying from your mind. Functioning from your mind, having the word of God in your mind, but not in active living encounter, active living experience of God. I've said it many, many times, both here and overseas, Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is experiential knowledge, knowledge that you experience, knowledge that you live out. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship, a communion with God. Amen. It is important that we get into a living experience of God. Number one, we all started 
with deliverance from sin. Deliverance from sin is called salvation. Salvation is made possible only by Jesus because he is the ransom. He is the ransom. I preached on this in the year 2019. He gave his life as a ransom for many. Without the ransom, you can never live in freedom. Without the ransom, you will still be held captive. Only with the ransom, when the price of sin is paid, then you can go free. I preached on the fact that it's not the bail that has been paid. Because when you're on bail, you still have to go to court. It's not a bail. It's a ransom. It's a deposit that's fully paid for your freedom. Amen. The second very important that we as Christians need to experience and to know is the connection. Deliverance from sin is by Jesus. Connection is by the Holy Spirit. Connection can only be made by the Holy Spirit. He's called the earnest. He's called the earnest, translated as down payment. Only by the Holy Spirit can we be connected with the Godhead. Ransom is to do with salvation. Earnest or down payment is to do with power. Only when you're connected, then can you get the power. Only when you're connected, then you get the healing. Only when you're connected, then you get the prosperity. Only when you're connected, then you get the rhema. Only when you're connected, then you get the fruit of the Spirit. Only when you're connected, then you move in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is for power. Power to be and power to serve. You can't be a successful Christian, no matter how much you cry, no matter how much you feel guilty, no matter how ashamed you are of your sin. You can only be a Christian when you are connected for the power to be and the power to serve. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. This is the commandment. Jesus said, if you love me, you will do my commandments. Not for his good, for our good. If we love him, then we'll do his commandments. Then we will be all that he wants us to be. How many of you are parents? How many of you want your children to be all that you want them to be? Lift up your hands. That's the heart of Jesus. That's the heart of the father. Jesus had come to fulfill the heart of the father. Be filled with the spirit. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Can I ask you to look at your body? Come on, look at your body. Can I ask you to touch your heart? Touch your heart. 
Tell yourself, the Holy Spirit is in there. One more time. The Holy Spirit is in me. Your body is the residence, the habitation of the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity. If you could just meditate on that, your life would never be the same. You will no longer despise yourself. You will no longer belittle yourself. You will understand. You will understand how powerful God has made you to be. Know you not that your body is the residence, the habitation of the Holy Ghost who is in you, which you have of God. You are not your own. You're more powerful than that. You're brighter than that. You're wiser than that. You're more healthy than that. You're stronger than that. You're not just a mortal. You are not trapped in a human body. So know and be conscious of the deity of the Holy Spirit and his literal indwelling in you personally and together in all of us corporately, collectively. And he will transform our bodies at the rapture. He will transform not only our bodies, but also those who are dead in Christ. In the twinkling of an eye. That's how fast that would happen. And take us all up to heaven. Hallelujah. The resurrection of the dead and the translation of the living will be happening almost at the same time. That will be the glorious, triumphant climax of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in his dispensation. Now, we are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Say to the person next to you, you are in the dispensation of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is divine. He is eternal. He's omnipresent. He's present everywhere at the same time. He is omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. And he is omnipotent. That means he is all-powerful. So now read this again, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. Read Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we have been asked to. That's what we've been asked to receive, the Holy Ghost. You are too much trapped in your humanity. You're too trapped in your humanity. You are still self-conscious. You are still too conscious of your mortality. Too conscious of your humanity. And all your so-called humility is forced humility because it's the humility of man and not the meekness of the Holy Ghost. That's why you feel shy. 
being shy is not of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is never shy. The Holy Ghost is never timid. The Holy Spirit is bold. He's forthcoming in his manifestation. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't look for God in the material realm. You can be delivered from demons right away. When you read the Bible, when you read the word of God, devils flee from you. When you listen to a sermon that's got the anointing, that is the rhema word, devils flee from you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has come. How many of you have ever filled an empty bottle with water? How many of you know that the bottle, though it looks empty, it is not empty? How do I know that? Because I water my plants. The bottle, when you put it into a bucket of water, you have to wait till the air goes out before the water can go in. The bottle, though you look, look at it and think that is empty, it is not. It is full of air. The air has to be replaced by water. And that's why the word of God says, I must decrease. He must increase. In order for me to have more of God, I need to have less of me. I have to be empty to be filled. I need to put off the old man so that I can put on the new man. I know the emphasis is very much on, yes, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. But before you can be a new creature in Christ Jesus, you must be repentant and desire to be none of yourself, but all of God. God cannot take his residence in you without you surrendering. Only when you surrender, that you can be filled. Can we say amen? amen? Hallelujah. So the word fill means to abound. It means to fill to the top, to the brim with overflowing substance. It means with no room unfilled. It means to consummate. It means to flood it. It means to have nothing unfinished, nothing empty. It means to rectify. It means to accomplish. How many of you have heard of the word fulfilled in the Bible? How many of you know that the Holy Spirit has come to fulfill every promise that has been given to us? You can break the word fulfill into two words, fully filled. Fulfilled. If you want the plan of God, the desire of God, the will of God to be fully fulfilled in your life, then you need to be fully filled with the Holy Ghost. Can we say amen? Lift up your hands and say with me, holding back nothing. One more time, holding back nothing. Amen. If you look at Luke chapter 4 verse 1. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 1. I'm fully convinced. When I'm fully conscious of God, 
there will be no sickness in my body. When I'm fully conscious of God, there will be no quarrels in my life. When I'm fully conscious of God, there will be no poverty in my finances. When I'm fully conscious of God, there will be no problems in my life. Because all of those that are from the devil will flee before me. Can we say amen? But when you are conscious of yourself, you're conscious of your feelings, you're conscious of your thoughts, you're conscious of your self-will, that's when you have given the devil a foothold into your life. And that's why when the apostle John, he said that I must decrease and that God must increase, that's the wisest statement that a man can ever make. And the apostle Paul got it the same. He said, it's no longer I who live. I don't want my life. I don't want my life of failure and defeat. I don't want my life of sickness and disease. I don't want my life of poverty. I want his life. His name is Jesus. Amen. And you will be tested and tempted, tested and tempted. Not only by your thoughts, but by your action. You have to prove to him that you mean what you say. Every attack against you, it's not so much against your feelings. It's not so much against your body. It's not so much against your mind. The devil doesn't care about you. Every attack against you is against the authority and the power that you can function fully. When you are fully filled. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Full. If you look at Luke chapter 4 verse 1. This is Jesus in the flesh. His ministry on earth. Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. He had to do that before he started his ministry. Full of the Holy Ghost. And the same words you can find all through the Bible, full of faith, full of grace and truth. And the same thing, the devil, full of leprosy, full of sickness, full of anger, full of overwhelming emotions. Why? Because they are spirits. Spirits seek to fill the vessels, people. When we talk about being filled, we are talking about being covered every part, like the water. We're talking about being thoroughly permeated by the Spirit of God. Being fully filled to fulfill God's calling on your life. If you look at Luke chapter 1 verse 15. Luke chapter 1 verse 15. This is a prophecy. Luke chapter 1 verse 15, a prophecy about John the Baptist. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. So that means you can be filled and be filled and be filled and be filled and be filled, be continuously, continuously, continuously filled with the Holy Ghost. And the same word, the same word was used for Elizabeth. The same word was used for Zacharias, filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesy. 
Filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied. Jesus said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, how come you're not praying in prayer? How come prayer time, you find it so hard? It's like nothing coming out of your mouth. And you leave it all to your spouse. You leave it all to your pastor. You need to repent. Because you're not hungering. The reason why you're not praying is because you're not hungering. The reason why you're not filled with the Holy Ghost praying in tongues is because you're not hungering. You're not hungering because you're too... Passive? Passive? Whatever will be, will be. Whatever God wants. Distracted. Doing other things. Busy in this life. Using your time for something else, somewhere else, instead of for God. Instead, instead of for God's purpose for your life. You think that I'm doing so well, I have no time for God. No, when you have time for God, you do even better and better and better. And the best is due to come. Nothing can be better than what God has for you. When you lay hold of what God has for you, there is no struggling. You know what is the stupid, the, the stupid thing that I've done before is that, oh, I think this is beautiful. So I pray, God, give this to me. God, I want this. I want this. Give, 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 give. But that God says, I have something for you that's more beautiful than this. Do you get it? Oh, I want this. This is pretty. I want this. I want this. God, give this to me. God says, what I have for you is more beautiful than this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about sickness and disease. I'm talking about the desires of your heart. Because he knows all things. He will give you the desire of your heart. You can spend all your time on this Waste all your efforts and even get frustrated and mad and angry with God. How many of you know that time is more expensive than money? You can make money, but you can never make time. And if you are already in your senior age, senior age, you need to wake up, arise, and be active in God. How many of you know that your health gets better? When you're active, your mind gets better when you're active. So the more you pray, the more you pray, the more active your body becomes. And the more you pray, the healthier you become and the stronger you become. And when the devil tries to attack you one way, he'll flee before you seven ways. Activity gives rise to activity. Activity gives birth to activity. That's how our body functions. How many of you know that if you don't ever move and you just sit in the same chair for one week, I can guarantee you that person will get sick. If you need to be active physically, how much more you need to be active spiritually? And I think the body of Christ, the problem is the body of Christ is made of too many lazy Christians. Lazy. Lazy. Not praying. Getting up in the morning. Do my gardening. 
Getting up in the morning, get ready, go to work. You work so hard for your work, for your job. And God is your last priority. And you're praying, God bless me. Repent. That's all that I can say. Repent. The same word for Elizabeth, for Zacharias. Filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost and repent. I've done that many times. When the Holy Ghost came, repentance is not a bad word. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not scolding you, okay? Say to the person next to you, Pastor Dory is not scolding you. <laughs> repent is not a bad word. I've had it happen to me so many times. The Holy Ghost would be all over me and that all said, sorry, Lord, I missed it. I'm so sorry. I repent. I repent. I repented this morning that I did not prepare for this service. Not good enough. And I said, Lord, forgive me of all of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Amen. That's how you walk with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's how you walk with the Holy Ghost. So the same word, filled, is used with anger, fear, and even even madness. The word filled means being taken over, overwhelmed, furnished. So what is this implying? When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, or filled with anger, or filled with annoyance, or filled with just laziness, that means there is a third party that's involved, a spirit. Anger is a spirit. Depression is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. But it's better for us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because devils, devils don't run because of a surgical knife. Devils run because of a higher authority. Jesus. 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 That's how demons leave. Amen. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 21. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 21. Why do I have to pray in tongues? Why? When I don't even understand what I'm praying. You're praying out God's will for your life. I thought that this is God's will for my life. I thought so, but it's not. As I pray in the Holy Spirit, I realize this is not God's will for my life. God is something better. You know, for uh, for those of us that are married, you know, a lot of times we say, God, change my spouse. I'm praying for my spouse. Change my spouse. Change my spouse. How many of us have prayed that prayer? And then the Holy Ghost said, change, change my heart. Now his heart, change my heart. Oh God. (laughs) Amen. You can't change somebody so that you feel better. You feel better whether that person is changed or not. How many of you have got it? You change yourself and what's around you won't annoy you. Won't provoke you won't cause you to react. We can go around and try to deaden every COVID virus. We can go around and deaden every flu virus. You can conquer every demon, but you can conquer yourself. 
When you change, nothing threatens you. When you change, no evil can even come near your dwelling. The devil can't attack you anymore because you don't believe him, because you give him no foothold. They were all around Jesus, but Jesus kept on doing his own thing and won. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. If you look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 21, see then. Now, a lot of Christians think that because I'm a spirit-filled Christian, I pray in tongues. It means, you know, I was once like that because that's what the church taught. I thought, okay, so that means I don't know anything, whatever the Holy Spirit says, whatever he say. So I have no will, I have no thoughts, so whatever the Holy Ghost said. But that's not the Bible. The Bible says, see, see, no, no, see. Then you'll walk circumspectly. Circumspectly, that means I check around. I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. I know what's around me. Then you walk circumspectly like a detective. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. God expects us to be wise because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So when I pray in tongues, I'm redeeming the time. Because when I pray in tongues, I get the will of God. I get the mind of Christ. I know what he wants. I know what he learned. I know what he's teaching me. I learn what he's showing me. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Days means time. Time is evil. Wherefore, be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You know, I've heard, I've heard Christians saying like this again at the end. Well, I'll be in church if God is willing. That's stupidity. You'll be in church. Of course God is willing. Do you need to pray in tongues to know that is the will of God for you to come to church? Yes or no? Do you have to pray in tongues to know that God is in the business of healing you? The reason why we are not, the reason why we're not walking in victory, the reason why we're defeated is because your knowledge is shady. Your knowledge is very superficial. And you play being so religious. You play being so spiritual, but you're not spiritual, you're carnal. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So don't play games with God. Be real. Say to the person next to you, don't play games. Be real. Amen. Wherefore you be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. When I lay hand on my throat, I told you, eh, I woke up one morning. It was so painful. It was last Sunday. I knew and I knew that is the will of God for this thing to be good. Because I need to minister with my vocal cord. I need to lead worship with my vocal cord. Without a doubt. I didn't pray in tongues. I said, get out devil. Go in the name of Jesus. You know, I've had images. It's like, how many of you know that is a spider? You know what a spider is? 
It's like a spider here, resting on you. How many of you know that spider has claws, legs, grabbing you? What do you call them? Tentacles. Tentacles. And they do this. Every part of your body. When I had migraine, before God healed me of my migraine, he showed me the photo. He showed me an image. It's a snake coiling around my head. Bind it in the name of Jesus. If you are not a real Christian, then your word has no power. Power only comes out of who you are in Christ. The real you. Not the one playing games. Not the carnal you. The real you. The real you. The you who meditates on the word of God. The you who worships God in private. The you who prays in tongues in private. And when you say that, there's a force, there's a power behind your words. And they flee. They listen. Can we say amen? That's why remember, Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? In the book of Acts. Thank you, Jesus. So demons always want to waste your time, your health, your energy, and your resources. Whereas God wants us to redeem the time. You can spend so much time being angry. You can get spend so much time being tired. You can spend so much time, you know, being in sorrows. That's how the devil wastes our time. But God wants to redeem our time. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. So do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. Be filled with the spirit. That means to be filled to the brim, to be filled to the overflowing, be fully immersed, fully charged with no room left. How many of you have had an experience of your phone telling you that it's about to go flat and you don't like it? So when you are not charged, it's like you're walking around with your battery dwindling. Your battery is dwindling. And how many of you know you've heard of the parable of the ten virgins, you know? When I read, when I read that, I thought, wow, why, why didn't they share? Isn't it good to share? Remember the virgin said, can you give me some oil? And the virgin said, go buy your own. Why? Because everyone needs to buy our own oil. Nobody can give you oil. I can't eat for you. I can cook for you, but I can't eat for you. I can point you to how to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues, but I can't pray in tongues for you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So every word of God must be personally, personally lived out. Remember? Life, living. Say with me, life Living. One more time. Life. Living. You have your life. Your eternal life. But you must live it out. I once got very, very frustrated. I said, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. This pastoring job is too... 
draining. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've always to come on, go up, come on. <laughs> I don't do this, you know. And the Lord said to me, this is not what I've told you to do. Just, just point to them. Just point the way to them. You can't do it for them. They have to do it themselves. I said, oh, thank you. Praise the Lord. And so I release, let go. <laughs> I release, I let go. I show you the way, but you must go there yourself. Can I say amen? No one can piggyback you. You have to go there yourself. Can we say amen? Amen. So fully immersed, fully charged. How do I know that I'm fully charged? What's in verse 19? Come on, tell me what's the word. Come on, what's the word? One more time. One more time. Speaking. Don't go around with, don't go around with backslidden Christians. Don't go around with backslidden Christians. I mean, at least if you are non-Christians, you know you need to win them to the Lord. But with backslidden Christians, all they talk about is just social activities. They go to church, all right. But they are not hot. And if you always spend time with those that are not hot, guess what? You'll become lukewarm. And Jesus said, because you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. He would rather deal with those that are cold. Because when you're lukewarm, you didn't realize it. You thought you were okay. I've been a Christian for 20 years. Look at, look at the fruit. Look at the ministry. It's time to be prepared for the revival and for the rapture. It's time to have our light burning bright. Can we say amen? So what is the sign that you're filled? Come on, tell me. What's the word in verse 19? Speaking. When you're filled, you speak to yourself. When you're lazy, you slap yourself. Wake up, Dora. <laughs> Pray. Speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. When I'm not, when I'm not filled, I complain. I grumble. I blame Sunny. <laughs> but when I'm filled, I blame myself. And the Holy Spirit said, don't even blame yourself. Come on, start speaking and confess the word. And speak the word. And listen to the word. Singing. Glory be to God. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Let me ask you to do something for me. Can you look around right now? Come on, can you look around? Look around. Look around. What are you doing? So you're looking around. When you're looking around, are you looking up? Can you be looking up and looking around at the same time? You can't. So the minute we're looking around and see what others are doing to me, what's happening to me, what are they doing, blah, 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 blah. We are not looking up. And wherever you're looking, whatever you're looking, whoever you're looking, that is your focus. And you draw from, your, from what you focus on. So if your focus is on sickness, you're drawing from the sickness. 
If your focus is on problem, you're drawing from the problem. Say with me, don't look around. Look up. I remember when I first got born again, I took my son Dylan, who was a baby at that time. Not not a baby, like over two years old already. I remember I took him to visit a friend of mine. Her name is Claudia in uh, Bangkok. You know, Bangkok is a Buddhist country. And uh, I went to her, visit her. I went to her and visited her. And in her house, there's one floor. Because in Thailand, they live in, uh, what do you call that? Hong Tao. You know, that's the, they live in a house that has like maybe three floors. So there's one floor, the whole floor, dedicated to idols. Buddha. Buddha, Buddhist idols. All right? Buddhist idols. So I had my son with me, and I looked around, whoa, you know, all these Buddha, images of Buddha. But I had no fear. Because greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. And I won her to the Lord right at that spot. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And now she's a leader in her church. Still fervently serving the Lord. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So say to the person next to you, don't look around. Look up. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The spiritual principle is heart and mouth. Heart and mouth. Heart and mouth. Filled. Speak. Filled, speak, fill, speak. You can fill your heart to the overflowing with the word of God. You can fill your heart to the overflowing with the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can fill your heart to the overflowing with the goodness of God. And your mouth will speak. The reason why your mouth is not speaking is because your heart is too empty. We have to work by principles, okay? Giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 21. Submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. Submitting ourselves to one another is our safety. It's God's insurance for us to keep us at the right place. I submit to you as your pastor. You submit to me as a congregational member. We submit to one another as members of the same body. When we do that, we are mutually accountable. We are mutually responsible. You can hide when you're doing something wrong. You can hide and sit at the back and continue to sin because you know and I know and you know that I know. And the Lord knows. And what do we do? We don't scold one another. We stand in the gap and pray and intercede. Stand in the gap and pray and intercede. And you know that we are for you and not against you. And we don't give up on you. And you don't give up on yourself. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So a spirit-filled Christian is not like a drunkard who doesn't know and cannot control himself. Why? Because of the spirit of intoxication. 
that has taken over, a demon that has taken over. But one who is fully conscious, fully aware of, full of knowledge and understanding. You are very sharp. You are very alert. You know what's going on in your life and you're happy to do something about it. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it's not that you become possessed. You know, I've prayed for people to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and they do. And you can stand in that position for one hour, two hours, three hours, and nothing will happen. Because God is not going to throw you from one end of the room to the next. God is not going to possess you so you can do nothing. No. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of liberty. The Holy Spirit does not possess you. Too many Christians, they think that, well, God is sovereign. So whatever he wants me to do, he'll just kick me. He'll do it. You know, kick your butt. He'll do it. God is not like that. You know, the devil has used the sovereignty to fool so many Christians. The Holy Spirit does not possess you. He moves in you. He moves upon you. And you respond and you yield. It's not being possessed. It's not being controlled. It's yielding and submitting. Say to the person next to you, yielding and submitting. Amen. Yielding and submitting. That's why I use the word synchronize. To synchronize means to to know and to work with together. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because remember, we read just now, be not unwise, but be wise, knowing what the will of the Lord is. Remember that? We read that just now. So you are in the know and not in the unknown. So a spirit-filled Christian is not passive, but active, active in faith. Can we say amen? So you say, Lord, I want to be filled I want to be filled, so I yield to you. I open up my heart to you. I open up every part of myself to you. And then the Holy Spirit starts to move. And then when he moves by faith, you step out and you go. So as the Spirit moves upon you, as the Holy Spirit gives you the language, you pronounce the language with your tongue, with your mouth. Amen. So it's by free will and by choice. Can we say amen? I know what you're thinking. Some of you say, well, but sometimes the Holy Spirit did move powerfully against our will. For sinners. For sinners. For demon-possessed people that have no will of their own. Remember the madman at Gadarin? What happened? Well, he could still make his way to Jesus. Remember? He ran to Jesus. And knelt down. Remember that? But that's all he could do. So Jesus had to take over. Cast out the devils from him. And the man's free will is restored. And the clarity was given back to him. But we are not like that. How many of you here are demon possessed? Anyone here? You're demon possessed? Lift up your hand if you are. None of us. Isn't that right? You are not demon possessed. But you can be demon influenced. Devils can talk to you. You can be demon deceived. 
but your will is still intact. Your free will is intact. And, and God fully expects you to use your free will and to use your mind. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. So I told you and explained to you the problems in our life would be the gray area or the shades. Living in the shadow instead of in the light. Can I ask you, how come there are shadows? You know, I can see the shadow of the chairs. Look at the floor. You can, can, you can see shadows, right? So how come there are shadows? Because they're blocking the light. So wherever the light cannot shine, that's where you see the shadow. So let me ask you a simple question. Does God want you to live in the shadow or in the light? What's your answer? In the light. So come out of the shadows into the full light. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. So what does it mean to be spirit-filled? Does it mean that I just pray in tongues all the time and I don't know anything until God shows up? Answer every question with scripture. Go with me to Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. When I read the book of Acts, the first sermon that Peter preached, it was so powerful. You know, he was quoting scriptures all the time because rhema word was given to him. The word coming out of the Bible, talking to him. That's how he preached. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 to 11. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with what? Knowledge of? So are we supposed to know the will of God? Come on, answer me, church. Can I ask you to be more active? <laughs> Are we supposed to know the will of God? Amen. Can you say, I don't know whether God will heal me? Can you say that? No. no. Can you say that I don't know whether God would want me to have an accident? Can you say that? No. Can you say that I don't know whether God wants me to have a divorce? Can you say that? No. Because why? You need to know the will of God in every situation. Can you say that? I don't know whether God wants me to come to church. Can you say that? No. Desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. And then you get what? All wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's the order. You know the will of God. What's the will of God for you husbands? Come on, tell me. Love your wife as... Christ loved the church. I only love her when she's good to me. Is that the will of God? No. Then what do you do? Repent. Comes in handy. Repent. How many of you love to have a eraser? How many of you love to have a delete button in your keyboard? What do you do? Delete. Even from the recycle bin. Make sure that it's not there. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. And then you'll be filled with what? The knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And it doesn't stop there. Go with me to verse 10. That you may walk to know the will of God, have wisdom and understanding, that I may walk. Is it a good walk? Yes. Unto all pleasing, being 
fruitful in every good work. How many of you want your business to be fruitful? How many of you want your account to be fruitful? Your work to be fruitful. Amen. That you may be fruitful in every good work, increasing, multiplying in the knowledge of God. How many of you want to walk in good health? Come on, lift up your hands and mean it. Good health. No sickness. Amen. Hallelujah. Good health. Even when you're 80, 90. Amen. Strengthened with all might. According to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering, that you don't have a short fuse. You know, when people don't say something nice to you, you jump all over the place, you get angry, you curse, you swear. Come on, confess over ourselves. Say to ourselves, I have a long fuse. One more time, I have a long fuse. <laughs> I'm long suffering. I'm patient. I'm patient, I'm tenacious, I'm persevering, hallelujah. Patience is a very important word, and long-suffering is a very important word, with joyfulness, you know, you don't say to your husband or to your wife or to your kids, I'm being long-suffering, so don't talk to me now. I'm suffering. No, that's not what it means, with joyfulness, why? Because it doesn't bother you. Amen. It's like the anointing is all over you. It doesn't bother you. Because remember, Moses paid a big price for losing his cool. He couldn't enter into the promised land. Don't think that it's just a, a small matter. When you're easily provoked and you easily react, you easily get angry. I don't know why people don't like to change. It's better that we change. And nobody can change you but yourself. We can only remind you, you need to change it yourself. That's a big price for being impatient. Moses paid it. And yet he's the humblest man on the earth. He learned his lesson. So say to one another, come on, be quick to learn your lessons. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So how many of you can see the clarity and the accuracy in these scriptures? Heaven is not foggy. <laughs> Heaven is not foggy like England. It's full of light. <laughs> God is in the know, not in the unknown. God is in the light, not in darkness. God never second guess. So pray according to his will, not according to uncertainty. Can we say amen? Say with me, come out of the shadows. Come out of the control of religious spirits. Come out of the earning mentality. You don't earn it. So stop thinking that you're not good enough. Stop thinking that you haven't done enough. Stop thinking that you're not unworthy. Oh, sorry, that you are unworthy. We can't earn it. Nobody can earn God's goodness. It's been given. Given. So if it's been given, what do we do? We receive. The reason why you feel angry, upset, is because you think you have failed. And the reason why you think you have failed is because you have worked. But the thing is that God will not give you because you have worked it. It's called grace. How many of us know that we are saved by 
We are saved by? We are saved by? Grace. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Save by grace and live by grace. Hallelujah. Let me finish with this. Being saved is the first and the most important. And being filled is called the second work of grace. Being saved is the first work. It's called the work of salvation. Being filled is called the second work. All right? So let, me, let us finish with this. Ezekiel chapter 11. Ezekiel 11, verse 19 to 20, repeated in Ezekiel 36, uh, 26 to 28. But I will just read Ezekiel 11 because of time. I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit, a new spirit within you. I will take the stony heart out of the flesh. I'll give them a heart of flesh. Look at verse 20. Why? That they may walk in my statues, keep my ordinances, and do them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. If we can come up with it ourselves, that God doesn't have to give us a new spirit. The reason why God has given us a new spirit in our spirit, the Holy Spirit, is because we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to be good and we need the Holy Spirit to do good. Both. The Holy Spirit has been given to you for transformation. And the Holy Spirit has been given to you for power. We need both. Transformation and power. Transformation and power. The power to be and the power to work. The work of God. We can't work the work of God in and of ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit to work the work of God. Can I ask you to stand up with me?